want to greet you from the Bible tonight. Revelation 1 from verse 4. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Magubegini, umusa, noktula, uvelaguye, okona, noe kona, no zayo, nagomoya abayiskombisa, abapam, wislanosake, sokos. Nagu Jesu Kristu, ufagazi otembegleyo, izibulo labafileyo, nombusi omakosi omtlaba. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Kuye ostandayo, noas kululayo ezonenzetu, Ngekazlake, noasenza sibe ngumbuso na bapristi kukulunkulu uise. Kuye magube inkazmulo na manda kuzugube pagate na pagate. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Begani, uyeza na mafu. Na mesho onke ayagumbona, na abo abam kwa zayo, nezizwe zonke zumtaba, ziagulila ngaye, yebo, amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, indeed we want to praise you because you are risen from the dead. Kosi Jesu, ngekuniso, sifuna ukutumisa, ngoba wafuga ekfei. We praise you because you are the ruler over the kings of the earth. We praise you because you have washed us in your blood. And have made us to be a kingdom of priests to you. We praise you because you are coming again and every eye will see you. Lord, would you please write the Amen in our hearts by your Spirit? Lord, I pray that you would help me tonight. That Jesus Christ may be exalted in our midst. Lord, your own words were that the flesh profits nothing. It is the Spirit who gives life. Lord, therefore we ask that your spirit will take your word and make it alive to people tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What does Amen mean? Amen. It means 
That is how it will be. Ushuguti yebo kuyobanjara. So I want to tell those of you who make a little bit of fun during the singing. Eh mfuno ukutela abambalwa kinina akati benza kwangathi kuyihlaya ngathi cule. That it is really true Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to judge the living and the dead. Kuyiqiniso ukuthi Jesus uyabuya uzothi ahlulele abaphilayo nabafileyo. And then you are going to mourn over him if you make jokes about him. So let tonight be the night that you listen and you hear his word and you bow before him. When John greets the church here in this book of Revelation, he reminds us about Jesus Christ who is risen. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ plays an incredibly important role in the New Testament. It is surprising, but if you read the book of Acts, for instance, and you read the sermons which are recorded in Acts for us, you will find that the resurrection of Jesus is mentioned more than the cross. Now in saying that I do not want to diminish the cross, the cross is absolutely central and important. But we also need to have a thorough and full theology of the resurrection according to the Bible. Some people preach about the resurrection just as a little end onto the crucifixion. They will describe for you in detail the work that Jesus has done at the cross. And then they will add the resurrection. Just like the resurrection is the proof that God accepted what Jesus did at the cross. Now that is absolutely true. But the Bible has a lot more to say about the resurrection. In fact, you cannot understand the Apostle Paul apart from the resurrection at all. And now there are many passages we could use to show this. But I want us to read tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we start in verse 13. 
Abase Korinthe verse 2. Isa Luke 4 verse 13. Yes. But having the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Abase Korinthe verse 2. Isa Luke 4 verse 13. Loku sina lo moya wokolwa njengokulotjiweyo ukuthi ngakholwa ngakho ngakhulumo knowing that he who raised the lord jesus will raise us also with jesus and will present us with you nathi siyakholwa ngakho ke siyakhuluma sazi ukuthi yena owavusa ujesu owavusa inkosi ujesu uyakusivusa nathi kanye nojesu asethule kanye nathi for all things are for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Olungo lomzuzwana liyasebenzela isilinganiso esikhulu kakhulu kunesenkazimulo emiyo phakade while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal tina esingabheki okubonwayo kodwa for we know that if the earthly tent which is our house is torn down we have a building from God a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens ngokuba siyazi ukuthi uma indlu yethu esemhlabeni eyidokodo idilizwa for indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, 
Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Ngako simisbindi ngiskati songe sazi uti nga ikaletu elisemzimbeni setlugene nga sise kaletu elisemzimbeni setlugene nekaya elisemkosini. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Ngaloko futi noma sisekaya noma setlugene nalo sihlose ukuba sibe ngabathandeka kuyo For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad Ngoba thina sonke simele ukubonakaliswa phambi kwesihlalo sokwahlulela sikakristo ukuze ilona lo amukele njengalokho akwenzile the, the Apostle Paul suffered incredibly much for his faith in Jesus. He gave up very much in order to follow Jesus. He could have been a well-respected teacher among the Jews. But he became a despised preacher of the gospel of Jesus of Nazareth. He was afflicted in every way, he says in the previous chapter. His faith in Jesus did not lead to a nice house, a big car, health and wealth. It led to imprisonment, being stoned, being Hated and despised by many people. And this man who has suffered so incredibly speaks about his light and momentary afflictions. I mean, when people look at us funny because we're Christians, we say, oh, I'm being persecuted. This man was persecuted terribly for his faith in Christ. He says, it's light, it's momentary. He says, it's, it's as if it's almost nothing. Why does he say that? 
He says, because these afflictions for the sake of Christ are achieving for me or producing for me an eternal weight of glory. Uti, ngenga uti, loko kutushwa, ngenga ka kristu, kuleta kiena, inkazmulo ya pagati. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Uti, ngoba sipega, kuzinto ezingabonwayo, it's because Paul was looking forward to the eternal things. It was because he was looking forward to the glory. That is why you could say that everything he had to suffer for Christ was just nothing. And in this, Paul is just following the example of Jesus. Because what does Hebrews 12 say? Hebrews 12 says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He was looking forward to his reward. He was looking forward to his exalted place after his resurrection. So he also said this cross, it's light and momentary affliction. Even though it was the Worst and the heaviest affliction that was ever inflicted on any man. Because he was not just persecuted by man. But he bore the weight of our sin. He bore the weight of the wrath, the anger of God against our sin. He suffered in a way that no human being has ever suffered. He suffered in a way that's impossible for any other human being to suffer. But he despised the shame. He endured the cross. Because his eyes were not fixed on the things which are seen, but on the unseen things. When Paul writes to Timothy, he does the same thing. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 8 he says, Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. Timothy 2 verse 8 his final charge that he gives to Timothy he says I charge you in the presence of God who will judge the living and the dead and Jesus Christ and his coming Remember Jesus Christ. He ends off in that letter by saying, I have finished my 
Now my crown is waiting for me. And not only for me is a reward waiting. But also for everyone who has loved the appearing of Jesus Christ. For everyone who is looking forward to see Jesus Christ coming again on the clouds. So I hope that it is clear to you that this resurrection of Jesus and the day of judgment that is coming is absolutely central in Paul's thinking. Now, the passage we would really have to look at is 1 Corinthians 15. But it is way too long for a single message now. But Paul says there, if only for this life we have hoped in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. What is he saying? He's saying without the resurrection of Christ, Christianity is nothing. If Christ isn't risen from the dead, you're still dead in your sins. If Christ hasn't risen from the dead, every Christian who has died is lost. But the reality is Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. You see, Christianity is really interesting in this regard. It's absolutely everything or it's nothing. Jesus Christ is either risen from the dead, Lord of all is going to judge everyone, he's the way, the truth, the life, the only way, or there's nothing. If Jesus isn't risen from the dead, Paul would say, none of this nonsense coming to church to get a nice feeling. It's not about people being nice to one another. It's not about starting a movement which spreads across the whole world. Now there is this reality that God is going to judge every man. He has proved this already by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what Paul says in the first verses which we have read here. 
I have a spirit of faith, he says. By faith I speak. What is? No moya wokolo. Mokolo seakulu. I speak what I speak because of that which I believe. But it's more than a belief. He says in verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with him. I know, Paul says, that Jesus is risen from the dead. He knew that because he had seen him himself. And Paul knows that the resurrection of Jesus is the guarantee that Jesus will also raise all men from the dead. The believers will be raised with Jesus and presented to God in glory. Those who have rejected Jesus will be raised to be judged and condemned and to suffer eternal punishment in hell. Now Paul says in verse 15, all things are for your sakes. So that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Now in this he is referring to things he has written about previously. He says, we Suffer, we die every day for the sake of Christ so that you can have life. Paul says, I go from place to place and I get stoned and I get chased away, but I keep on going preaching the gospel. So that even if it looks like I'm dying, God's grace is reaching more and more people and it's bringing dead sinners to life. And God is glorified by more and more people who thank Him for His salvation. And so when Paul thinks on this life of his, of suffering for the sake of Christ, he doesn't go sit under the tree and feel sorry for himself. He says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. He says, I'm suffering, I'm getting weaker, I'm getting older. My outer man is decaying. And 
And you would know that today people in the world try very hard to pretend that that's not happening. So they put on a little makeup to take away the wrinkles. And people who are very wealthy, they even go for operations to pull those, to pull that skin straight. But they're still getting older and older. What is their problem? They're trying to cling to life, to youth, to beauty. Because that's all that they have. Paul says, I'm getting weak, I'm getting old. My outer man is getting weaker. But my inner man is being renewed day by day. The spirit of life of Jesus Christ is at work in me. Jesus is renewing Paul in his spirit day by day. So Paul isn't sad that he is getting old. In fact, he is glad that his time on earth is getting shorter. Why is he glad about that? Well, chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Paul says, this body that I am living in is just a tent. It is just a temporary shelter. When do you live in a tent? Maybe if you go camp in the bush. But if you're staying in the town or a city, then you have a house. But he says, my body is only a tent, it's only a place I stay for a short while. But Paul has this hope and this assurance that when my body is torn down, when I can no longer live in my body, then I have a permanent building from God where I can live. A house not made with hands. He's not speaking about some house on earth. 
No, he's got the assurance he's going to be in God's house forever. Ka unesqinisebo uyoba sendlini kaNkulunkulu phakathi. He says in verse 2 while we are in this house we groan. Uthi lapha ku verse 2 ngenxa eyalokho siyabubula longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Silangazelela ukwelakanyiswa ngendlu yethu yesezulwini. So Paul says that he groans. Yes, just express so much faith and so much hope. Why is he speaking about groaning now? Because he knows that even though he has received so many blessings from Jesus, He'll have to leave this body before he can get the full inheritance. You see, his groaning is really a longing to be with Christ. He, he does groan because of the burdens as well. That he says in verse 4, for indeed while we are in this tent we groan being burdened. So Paul is not making as if nothing in life touches him. But all the brokenness and all the difficulties of life just make him long to be with God. He says in verse 2, we groan longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Verse 3, inasmuch as we having put it on will not be found naked. What is he saying here? He says, I long to be glorified. I long to receive my resurrection body. I long for the fullness of that which God is going to give me. And I have this assurance that because I'm trusting in Christ and not in my own works therefore I will be clothed. I will not be found naked. You see there are many people who expect to go to heaven and they think they're going to be clothed with glorious clothes on that day. And when they get there, they're going to find that they stand naked. Because they haven't been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. In that day they will have nothing to put on. Again, Paul says in verse 4, 
For while we are in this tent, we groan being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that that which is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Paul is saying, I absolutely do not want to stay in this life forever. Why? Because while I'm in this body, I cannot receive the fullness of God. I long for that which is mortal to be swallowed up by life. I long to come into the glory where there will be no more death. Where every bit of death is gone. Where there will not be one effect of this, of sin remaining. Because in this life you can be as holy as possible. But still every day you suffer the effects of sin. Our bodies get old and die because of sin, because of the curse which is on the earth. We face sore temptations. We see sin around us which is ugly and defiling. We see the effects of sin. People living in hatred and killing one another and deceiving one another. And even the lost man knows this is not the way it's supposed to be. Paul says, I long for the place where there's no more death and no more dying. There's only life. And see the amazing expression that he uses here. That that which is mortal may be swallowed up by life. It is as if death is a fish swimming. And and then life comes like a big shark. And life swallows death. And death is no more. The life which is in Jesus the life of which the resurrection of Jesus is the beginning. That life is so great, so big, that it swallows up all death for all time. 
In the resurrection of Jesus, there is life sufficient to take every man who's ever died from the time of Adam till the time that Jesus comes. The people who have been completely decomposed in the ground of whom there is nothing left to see on earth to raise them all to raise them all from the dead to give eternal life to his chosen ones and eternal punishment to the unbelievers. But Paul says what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. We need to think more about the glory which is coming. We need to think more about how great this life is that we are headed towards. This afternoon out of John 16 we heard something. Jesus said up until now I have spoken to you in figures of speech. And I was coming when I will not use figures of speech but will talk to you plainly about the Father. Now we heard something of what that means. That as the Spirit reveals the truth of the Word to you, you get insight into God's truth. But even in that, the work of the Spirit now is only a foretaste of the glory which is to come. Now we see in part, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But then we will see face to face. And we will know him even as we are fully known. What I'm saying is this. That even in the book of Revelation, God is still speaking to us in metaphors, in pictures. He is still using things of the earth which we know to explain to us eternal and spiritual things. But the moment is coming when we will not need a um, comparison. When we will not need a picture because we will see him himself. Now we read, I am the good shepherd. 
and that teaches us many things about Jesus. But in that day, we will know exactly what it means. The full meaning of I am the good shepherd. I mean, I tried to emphasize yesterday that Jesus Christ is worthy. And yet we know that we don't understand the full meaning of what that means. But the moment is coming when we will not need an explanation. When we will not ask Jesus anything. When we will not need a picture or an explanation of how God is. Because we will see him exactly as he is. That is part of the glory of that which is awaiting us. Paul emphasizes in verse 5 here that this is all God's grace and God's doing. He who prepared us for this very purpose is God. Amazing to be able to say that God has prepared me to be swallowed up in life. To inherit an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison. If you have this assurance that this is your future, it's not because you are good. It's because God has been gracious to you. It is because God has purposed to give this to you. So all the glory must go to God. We must never say it's because of my goodness. No, God prepared us for this purpose. But of course, Paul knows, if God has prepared me for this purpose, then God's purpose will never fail. But then he also says, God who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. I have already alluded to this. It's important to understand. Christians receive the Holy Spirit in this life. And the Spirit teaches us about Jesus. The Spirit changes us in order to live holy lives. The Spirit gives gifts to His church to do the work of Christ in the world. The Spirit does all this and much more. But He is only a 
pledge of the fullness which is to come. Kepa uisbambiso sokwala ukzai. So the working of the Holy Spirit now is a guarantee of the glory which is going to come. Makoke uksebenza kamoe oingwele manje kuisinsego nomagui karanti ya lenkazmulo ekwele ezai. Therefore it is good if you are Christian to ask God for more of his spirit. If you have the real Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be busy giving you a foretaste of heaven. He will will be busy doing the things which are going to be done in fullness in heaven. Jesus said he will take off that which is mine and make it known to you. Paul prays for the Ephesian believers that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding in in the true knowledge of God. So that they may know God truly. And he goes on to say that they may understand what they are going to get. If we want to live as true Christians in the world. We must have the resurrection of Jesus before our eyes. We must have the resurrection at the end of time before our eyes. The day of judgment. And the only way that that remains alive and real is if the Spirit is reminding us of that. So, study the word and ask God to work in you through his word, through his spirit, so that you will live for that day. Now Paul says, because he has this hope and because he has this assurance, he's always of good courage. Doesn't mean he's always feeling happy. But he's always bold and brave for Christ's sake. Even if he might be shaking in his boots, he still takes good courage and follows Christ. Follows Christ into the battle because he knows Christ has gone before. He says, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. He says, while I am still living in this body, I do not receive the fullness of the kingdom. Because 
Jesus is with us all the days till the ends of the earth. And yet we are not fully realizing his presence. Again, that is because we are not able to bear his presence in these bodies. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because the glory of what it means to be with the Lord is so great that this body cannot bear it. Before I can be with God in eternity in His glory, I need to be supernaturally changed. I need a resurrection body. And Paul says, while I'm still in this body, there is a real sense in which I'm absent from the Lord. Even though I have his spirit, even though he is with me. He says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. He says, I walk by faith in the glory which I'm going to get. I don't see it yet. I'm still stuck in this body of flesh and blood. But I'm looking forward to that. I walk by faith. Now maybe you know this verse is shouted out quite often. We walk by faith and not by sight. But often it just means we walk by imagination and not by sight. This is not saying whatever you imagine is going to happen. Now, God has promised, God has revealed these things to Paul, therefore Paul trusts that this is going to happen. But still he is hoping, he is looking forward to something which he cannot see. But the things which are unseen are eternal, he says. The spiritual things for which he is hoping, they are the real things. These things we can see now, they're going to pass away. And Paul says, because of this I am of good courage. I prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home. He says, I'm not afraid to suffer, I'm not afraid to die. In fact, I would prefer to die. Because Death isn't death. He, I can't really say he would prefer to die. But he'd prefer to leave this life to get to real life. 
Ntanda kupila limpilo uzengfinyelele kuimpilo ya ngempe. And therefore we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Utike, ngeemga loko, si tanda uguti, nakuba silapa, noma sisemzimbeni, kepa sitandege kuye. Therefore, whether I live or die, I just want to please my master, Jesus Christ. Ngeemga loko ke, noma ngiapila, noma ngiafa, ngatanda uktogozisa, nkoseami, uchesu Christu. Paul has this amazing vision and attitude in life. Paul, unalombono, nalomkondo, nalempi. Why do even Christians suffer so much to have the same attitude? Kungana makristu, atupeke gangaga, ugut abe na lomkondo. Well, because we're not looking at the right things. Ingoba, aspegi zintowizo nazon. We have to take our things off the world, off the temporary things and Look at the eternal things. So practically, how do you look at these eternal things? Well, you have to read about them, what God has revealed. Yep. You have to think about what you read and meditate on it, ponder on it. You have to pray that the Spirit of God will give you more insight into these things. You have to do the work of turning your thoughts from temporal things to eternal things. Set your minds on the things which are above. Do this with much prayer and supplication. That God would reveal more of himself to you. Study the attributes of God. Because heaven and its glory is all going to be about how great and wonderful God is. So if you want those things to be more real to you now, then start looking in his word what he has already revealed about himself. Study his wisdom and his power. That he knows everything and controls everything. Study his justice and study his love. Study to know him more. Now Paul says, I live the way that I do because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Paul Utige, Mpila Limpilo, Engi Pilayo, Neba, Nguba, Sias, Song, Mele, Sponagaliswe, Pamguislalo, Sogasule. So that each one of us may be recompensed for what he has done, whether good or bad. Uguze, Ilona, Lo, Amguele, Njenga Loku, Agwenzileo, Esesem Zimbeni, Noma Kutle, Noma Gubi. What have you done in the body? Do you know that God has given you a body? God has given you life? 
Weyazi utukulukulukunezile umzimba ukunezile P. Not so that you can use it for your own purposes. Aye kutweze loko okutanda yungako. But so that you can serve and worship God. Kepa ukuti umkonze umtumise ukulungu. And now, you will have to return to God and then you will have to explain what have you done with this gift of life that he has given you? For what have you used your body? To serve God or to serve sin? Everyone is going to be paid back according to what he has done. Paul says, I have that before me all the time. That's why I'm careful how I live. And I'm trying to warn other people. Therefore, I want to finish with one passage from Luke 13. One last warning about Jesus who opens and no one shuts and Jesus who shuts and no one opens. Strive to enter through the narrow door for many I tell you will seek to enter and will not be able. The door that leads to life is open but it's narrow. Jesus has opened that door. He died for our sins. He went through death. He prepared the way to go to God. And he calls you to enter in. But he says you must strive to enter in. Not wait until you feel like it one day. Maybe you seek for it. But now put in all the effort that you have to get in there. If you don't want to come to Jesus, then you pray and you say, Jesus, make me willing before I go lost. If you can't leave sin, then you cry out to Jesus and you say, help me before I die. But you don't just go on with your life thinking maybe one day I'll pay attention to Jesus. Strive, agonize to go through that narrow door. He says because many will try to go in and they won't be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door. And you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open to us. 
ungongoze uthi inkosi sivulele then he will answer and say to you i do not know where you're from uyothi aphendule athi angnazi nivelaphini then you will begin to say lapho we uyoqala uthi we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets sasidla siphuza phamkwakho wawufundisa emgwaqini yakethi and I, and he will say i tell you i do not know where you are from depart from me all you evil doers athike ngithikini angnazi lapho nivela khona sukanikimi nenonke basisebenzi bokungalungu he saying at this moment the door is open uthike kulesisikhathi umnyango uvulile but jesus christ is going to get up and shut that door kepha ujesu kristu uyothengelilanga asukume awuvale lo mnyango your time of grace is going to come to an end iskatsakho somusa siyofika egcineni either you're going to die or jesus is going to come back kungaba uyokufa noma ujesu uyobuye and then it is eternally too late for you kuyothike bese ingunaphakathi lonke suphelele isikhathi he says and in that moment then you will begin to knock uthike ngathisikhathi uyothi bese yaqala ukungqongqozi then you will realize your mistake kuyothi bese uqaphela iphuthala and then you'll say just give me a moment and i'll come in Jesus just one second more and I'll run through that door as fast as I can. And he will say no it is locked. He will say I don't know you. I don't want to open to you because I don't know you. And then the people will say but Lord you must know me. We ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. Jesus was saying to these people, you will say, but Lord, you were with us on earth. And Jesus will say I don't know you you are not my chosen ones. You are evil doers. You love your sin. You're not my friends. I don't know you. Now let's apply this. Could it be that in that great day Some of you will say But Lord you must know me I attended the services at the Dulam I went and listened to the preaching I sang bible songs Jesus you must know me and he will say, I don't know you why won't he know you in that day because you are evil doer because you have chosen sin and not Christ he warns in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth 
When you see Abram and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God but yourself being thrown out. These people who were the descendants of Abram, Isaac and Jacob these people who liked to read the writings of the prophets they will see the servants of God going into his kingdom and they are being thrown out of the kingdom again it is just terrible to think of the possibility that you will see your friends or the preachers going into the kingdom of God and you are thrown out. And you might even say, but what's the difference? I wasn't worse than he was. Lord, maybe you missed it, but I can tell you of some sins which he did. What's the difference? He made his peace with God by repentance and faith in Jesus. And you've been choosing your sin. And you will be thrown out. Oh please people don't let this happen to you. They will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. People from every tribe and tongue and nation will join in the worship before the throne of God. Rich and poor and black and white people from everywhere will get to be with God in His kingdom celebrating His feast. So there's no excuse that you can give of why you cannot come. The only reason is that you will not come. Because you love that evil doing of yours. The door is open. It's a narrow door, but it's open. Strive to go in and Jesus will give you life. You have been warned. Let us pray. Let us stand as Lord Jesus, we praise you for your risen from the dead. You have prepared for your people an eternal inheritance of glory. Glory and life which we cannot begin to fathom. Oh Lord, help every one of us who knows you. 
to set our eyes on the things which are eternal. Lord, help us to be diligent with your word. And please work powerfully in us by your spirit. That we will be more focused on the realities of heaven and glory. That we will remember your resurrection and the judgment day which is coming. And that we will live our lives in the light of this. Lord, help us to warn people in the fear of the Lord. Lord, we desperately need you. Like we sung earlier this evening, I need thee every hour. Lord, but we also know that when you work in us, we can also experience this reality. Of the inward man being renewed day by day. Of a real longing and yearning and groaning to be with Christ. Lord, please purify your church and work these things in your people for the glory of your name. And Lord, please let people who are still in their sins wake up. Give them grace to stand up to run through that narrow door. Before you close the door forever. Because Lord, you have all the authority and all the power to open and to shut. We can just thank you that some of you, some of us have received your grace. And we pray that your name be glorified in everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.